Thanks for listening to Inside Octopus. My name is Russell Goldsmith, and on this episode, we're continuing our tour of Octopus Energy around the globe as we take a deeper dive into the company in each of the territories that we operate in. Uh, we've already interviewed our team in Germany in this mini-series. This time, it's the turn of the US, and so I'm thrilled to welcome back to the podcast Michael Lee, CEO of Octopus Energy USA. Uh, Michael joins me online from Houston, uh, Texas, and we also have from there our director of marketing in the US, uh, Naja Kossi, and then logging on from Australia and soon to head out to Texas to lead US operations is Lily Steen. Thank you all for joining me. Michael, we first spoke on this podcast back in March 2021, not long after your uh, launch. And then obviously you uh, featured on the episode with your CEO colleagues around the world at the end of last year. First off, for those listeners who may not have heard those previous episodes, very quickly, do you want to just remind us of your journey to Octopus Energy? Sure, happy to. So I joined the renewable energy industry almost a dozen years ago, and I've been on the power plant side of the business building large wind and solar projects and really kind of just seen a transformation of thinking about what power means and how to better use it. And I think that that transition is part of me building an organization called Evolve Energy, which was acquired by Octopus a few years ago as their U.S. market entry strategy of acquiring the team and the capabilities and the licenses. And we've rebranded that organization to Octopus Energy here in the U.S., and have grown quite significantly since then. And how's um, 2022 been for Octopus um, Energy in the US since we last spoke? It's been an incredible roller coaster ride over the past 18 months. We've significantly increased the team and our market presence here in Texas, as well as the technological capabilities of what we're serving to customers and what our product looks like and the innovation that we're bringing to the market. And we're really excited about our expansion states that we're looking at on our horizon. Uh, We're actively attaining those licenses and getting enabled into those states. So it's been a roller coaster up and has been very, very exciting over the past 18 months. You said you've grown the team now. How how many people are you at now? So here in the U.S., we're approximately 80 employees. And the way that we split that up is about half of those employees are on our tech team working on Kraken, enhancing that capability for both our local use as well as our global capabilities. And then about a quarter of the team is in operations, supporting customers and enabling our customers to have a wonderful experience while being part of the Octopus journey. And then the other quarter of the team is people like myself that are supporting the rest of the organization to make sure that we're just thriving in a lot of different ways. We're recording this podcast at a time when, you know, there's such a a huge energy crisis at the moment that you can't miss, you know, with the news constantly talking about it. How is that playing out at Texas at the moment where you're based? Yeah, the energy crisis is a global phenomenon and we are not immune. I think that here in Texas, it has a couple different flavors, one of which is it's a bit muted because we do have a lot of local energy production, not just oil and gas, but a lot of renewable energy. In fact, here in Texas, it's actually the most popular state for renewables. And most people don't realize that because there's not a lot of government subsidies, but we actually have a significant amount of wind already built and solar is being built as we speak. And so the way that the energy crisis has kind of played out here in Texas is while we don't necessarily have the same type of inflation broadly that everyone else globally is feeling to the same degree, what we do have is an element of grid isolation here in Texas, meaning our electrical grid is not connected to other states. 
And so we always have to keep the Texas grid fully in balance because there's no way of really storing electricity except for batteries. And so outside of that, we have to make sure that supply and demand are always matching. And in a highly volatile world, that means that the energy crisis here in Texas has kind of taken on its own unique form. And really, it's about ensuring that we always have access to the amount of electricity that we need on a real-time basis. So we've been working with customers. We've seen prices increase about 50 to 75% versus last year. You know, that percentage increase is not quite as large as other places globally. And we're working really hard to bring those prices down through building more renewable energy and through innovation on technology, but really the inflation has kind of taken on its own unique form because of local constraints here in Texas. Well, it's probably a good time to bring Lily into the conversation because managing that supply and demand, that's going to be a big part of your role when you get out to the States, Lily, isn't it? Yeah, I think what Michael was saying about the unique nature of the Texas market means that there is a tangible urgency to shift the way that consumers are using energy. And what our role is as an Octopus branded retailer is to build a company that is trusted by consumers to allow us to offer them intelligent products that will shift the way that they consume energy. So as an example, our intelligent octopus product, which means that we control when customers' thermostats are on or off. So uh, control the air conditioning in their homes. And a Texas summer gets real hot. And so customers allowing us to control their air conditioning is something that could be incredibly invasive. But it's our job to build a brand that customers trust so that we can do that at scale so that we can really change the way that consumers are using energy and that the whole market works all together. Naja, we should bring you into the conversation. You've been sat there patiently for five, six minutes while we've been chatting. So um, yeah, welcome to the show. You only joined Octopus a year ago, didn't you? Is that right? Yeah, just under a year ago. Um, I joined in November of 2021 and recently took on the role of Director of Marketing in July. So what, what interested you in Octopus Energy in particular? So initially, I was drawn to their customer-centric approach. Customers are truly at the center of everything that they do. And as a native Houstonian, still living in Texas, I understood that there was a lot of distrust from customers in our market with their energy providers and some of the practices that they've had. And so I was excited out of the gate just to join a brand that dared to be super transparent in their practices about pricing and just the way that they communicate with customers. I mentioned at the top of the show, you're obviously looking after the marketing there. Are you able to go into a bit of detail some of the programs that you're working on at the moment? Yeah, for sure. So we just closed out our inaugural Turn Up, Turn Out campaign. And I know that's a mouthful, but it was a really great campaign that really encouraged our customers to reduce their energy usage when we saw that there was high demand on the grid. And so we did this by incentivizing customers through a bill credit to reduce their energy usage by 25% when we had these high demand events. It was fantastic because of everyone who participated, pretty much everyone attempted to reduce their energy, but almost half of our participants were actually able to reduce it in a way that made them eligible for the bill credit. So we were super excited to see that people had, or they understood the importance of their individual roles in reducing that grid demand. 
Lily, going from one extreme to the other, Naja only been there a year, but obviously you've been at the business for quite some time, I understand. You were one of the original, or, or certainly an early member of the team in the, in the UK, but you're now currently in Australia, but heading over to the US soon. So yeah, just tell us a little bit about what you've been doing and, and also what you're going to be doing uh, when you join Naja and Michael over there. Yeah, absolutely. I sometimes lose track of which time zone I'm in, so... I joined Octopus about six, six and a half years ago. There was 14 of us at the time and the customer service team was very small. We had a physical phone between our desks and we would look at each other when it rang and decide which one of us was going to pick it up. Obviously, the UK retail business has grown quite a lot in the past six or so years uh, and now has about three and a half million retail customers. And, you know, I think Octopus in the UK grew because it was just at a time where customers were recognizing that they could get a better deal elsewhere and that the service that they were getting with some of those big legacy players wasn't good enough and they could move somewhere else and get a cheaper deal. And that cheaper deal was also green and sustainable. And that kind of revolution is what we're starting to see in other markets around the world. And I have been lucky enough for the past two or three years to be working with some of those really big energy suppliers who started to license the platform that we built, Kraken. So, you know, as Octopus was growing pretty big, other companies around the world were going, that looks quite good. How have you done that? And it was a combination of the technology that we built and the operating model. And so working with those other retailers around the world to implement Kraken and our operating model to look after those customers, we are now seeing that those those traditional energy suppliers who previously didn't have the platform to allow them to move quickly and react to what was happening in the market and offer those innovative products that shift the way that people use their consumption you know the previous platforms just wouldn't know how to bill for those those innovative products and, and kraken does and so implementing kraken not only in the uk and australia and coming over to texas and growing octopus so that the rest of the us can really see the impact that a brand that looks after its customers exceptionally well with ruthless excellence i'd say the impact that that can have in the way that consumers use energy and can shift the way that the market works overall. So that is why I'm I'm so excited to come to Texas after spending, you know, a year and a half, two years working with Australia's largest energy supplier over here, coming to Texas, coming back to a smaller, much smaller team, which means that we can move super quickly, create all these innovative products, respond to what customers are saying and grow to the scale that we have in all the other places that we've grown across the world. And that's what makes me really excited to be part of this team. Naja, you're nodding along there as Lily was speaking. How, how much difference you know, does it make to have someone coming over, bringing that experience with them to, to your team? Yeah, it makes a huge difference. And Lily is just such a great resource. And as you can see, her energy is amazing. Um, no pun intended at all. So it's really important because we may have an idea on this side that of something we think we can do. And so to have that voice of someone who's been here at Octopus for so long to validate that, yes, we can go do it and we can go do it quickly and sort of help us all understand how we can work together to get this done is very exciting. You know, one of the things that I'm really excited about Lily joining us is that she's seen a lot of different parts of the octopus business. And while each individual energy market is actually very different from each other in the rules of what you can do and how you can do it, 
the key themes of how we service customers, how we build culture, how we create an organization and work internally are actually quite strong no matter what country we're in. And so we have a lot of those core elements already here in the U.S. And Lily can really bring a lot of experience and a lot of learnings from a lot of different other applications that she's worked in globally and kind of teach us here in the U.S. a lot of best practices here in the Octopus way. I think what makes Octopus so amazing is that it is full of people who are this passionate and this energetic about transforming the energy industry around the world. Octopus started with a, a small group of very, very talented, very passionate people who were committed to changing the way that the energy market worked and accelerating our part to decarbonisation. And that has built a global business that has enabled these opportunities for me to support all these different businesses. For every one of me, there's hundreds, if not thousands of other octopods that are as passionate and as talented at what they do. And, you know, when we're talking about what makes octopus magic, we have created those opportunities for ourselves by being so committed to creating an exceptional brand. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of energy companies get wrong is that it's such a wonky industry that honestly for the outsider feels very difficult and very intimidating and compound that by the fact that we're a tech company too, which also makes it feel complex and intimidating. But the reality is that we're just a bunch of people. And so people build technology, people solve problems. And so by being so individual and people focused, we can go figure things out, even if we don't necessarily know the answer on day one. But that passion and that curiosity and that focus on our team helps us then build the capabilities to go think of something a little bit different and then go execute it in a different way that other companies aren't able to execute on. I think that mix of, you know, we've got people with decades of experience in the energy industry, decade and a half of experience in the energy industry, and that mix of people who come in with fresh eyes and look at something and go, oh, well, why does it work like that? That doesn't make any sense. That's not in the best interest of the customer. That's not the most effective way of doing that thing. And that combination of that deep industry knowledge in that specific territory combined with those fresh eyes, I think really brings that octopus magic out. It's great just sitting back and listening to you guys chat. It's really good. It's re honestly, it's so, so good to hear. As you said, Nadja, the energy to coin a phrase that's coming out is great. Listen, Michael, um, what would be good is, is to understand a little more about some of the other projects you guys are working on as a team and, and also maybe some of the other partnerships you're, you're looking to form. Yeah, look, we're really trying to re-envision what a energy supplier can do in the modern economy and what in the energy transition. And so we've recently obtained a license to go lease vehicles here in Texas. And so we're the first energy company to do so. In fact, every time I tell somebody in the industry that has been working in the industry for a couple decades, their eyes kind of light up like, wow, that is very different for an energy supplier. But for us, we think it's quite natural, right? When we think about the energy transition and what customers need in order to feel supported, in order to decarbonize and electrify their footprint, well, they need a partner that they can trust to kind of help them through that journey. And so we've recently attained a license and have been able to lease out vehicles to customers and put that on the same bill as their electricity bill. We call that Octo EV, and we are able to save customers a significant amount of money when they combine those two elements, plus enable us to do what's called smart charging, so intelligently manage 
throughout the day when and how that vehicle is pulling power from the grid and maybe over time pushing power back to the grid. But just simply by managing when and how that vehicle is charging, we're able to take about 30% off of somebody's rate for what they pay for electricity in the entire household. Uh, so it's quite exciting that we think of that vehicle as just a natural way to bring down the cost of energy and the cost of inflation to our customers. And that's just on simply the electricity side, but filling up an electric vehicle here in Texas, it's only a few dollars, right, to get 300 miles. And so the economics of switching to an electric vehicle for the average person is quite strong, but most people don't realize this. I was I was talking to the Uber driver last night on the way home from the airport, and uh, we got him thinking about, hey, maybe that's a better type of vehicle for him to be helping his customers out uh, because it really reduces his costs as well as his environmental footprint. So the electric vehicle is a very interesting part of our business. Lily touched a little bit upon our Intelligent Octopus product, and there was a recent podcast from Alex Schock and Devrim, you know, talking about the global implementation of Intelligent Octopus. And that product is a really, really exciting one because here in Texas, we talk about that grid balancing and the thermostat at the household currently consumes about 60% of the overall energy usage. But really, when you think about the total cost exposure for the household, that thermostat can actually account for about 80% of that cost profile of the house. So if you can control that one device, you can really help that customer significantly lower their bills. And Naja's program around turn up, turn down helps customers who don't have automated or smart thermostats get to a similar result while kind of moving into that more automated journey as they get more and more comfort with that type of experience. And so we think about customers as not just a single one uniform customer, but as a wide variety of customers that are on a different part of that journey. And so we're trying to think about various ways that we can help customers who are on that various spectrum on that journey to make sure that they have a great experience. Plus solar panels, we haven't even touched on those. Talking about the economic impact, if a customer has solar panels on their roof and the sun is shining and they're charging their car when the sun is shining, you know, we're seeing customers who have real financial benefit to having smart thermostat controlled through our Intelligent Octopus program and being hooked up to Octopus EVs, having solar panels. We're really seeing financial benefits for customers, which is super important given the energy crisis happening globally. Well, listening to all these programs and initiatives that sound amazing, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to need more support to bring all this um, together. I mean, Nigel, let's start with you. What what are you going to need from a you know marketing perspective in terms of the people that you're looking to bring in to help you with all this? Yeah, for sure. So to echo what's already been said, finding people who are super passionate about not only pushing forward decarbonization, but also super passionate about working with a team that is very motivated to go out and do great things for our customers, to be very innovative in how we approach things and to think outside of the box, especially when it comes to marketing and communications. We need, um, again, to, to say it again, great energy and people who are just very motivated to go out and try new things and work with a team that's a bit new to each other. And then also introduce them to people who have been around for a long time and can just flow right into all of that. Lily, how about from the technical side of things? Well, technical and operational, I'm looking really for people who are 
obsessed with ruthlessly good customer service. And what I mean by that is, you know, I remember many years ago when after we did a a migration, one of our first migrations of which there was a few learnings. And I remember sitting in my hotel room in the middle of nowhere, wherever we were doing the migration, calling up customers at 11 p.m. because they had emailed in complaining because their online account was showing a different thing to the email that we had just sent them. And I remember calling them and going, this is why this has happened. Let me fix it for you now. I'll explain it to you and talking them down. And that gave me so much satisfaction to be able to support customers through something that is quite confusing. And I'm really looking for people who have that obsession with looking after customers and making something that is quite complicated, really, really simple. Michael, bringing in this extra uh, resource, you you mentioned earlier about the fact that you've got around 80 people now, the majority of that at the moment in Houston. But, you know, how do you work with people from outside of the office and I guess in other states across the U.S.? Yeah, look, the U.S. is a very big place, right? It's a three hour time zone just from coast to coast. And uh, it'd be many days drive just to get from California to New York. So it's an enormously big geographic location. And we're balancing this dynamic that a lot of other companies are also balancing, which is supporting local employees and growing that workforce, as well as finding really great talent throughout the country that's really passionate about our mission and enabling them to work successfully remotely. And then when you think about our expansion plans here in the US, While we are located here in Texas today, we are growing into about a dozen different states. And so the reality is that each state in the U.S. has different laws around what we do and how we do it and how the energy markets work. And there's a lot of local nuance to the energy execution of a retailer in those states. And so building local capacity in our future states, I think, is something that we're taking a really hard look at while still ensuring that we have a lot of communication from everyone in the organization. And so we use a lot of modern tools here at Octopus to facilitate that. We have Slack as one of those great mechanisms to ensure that there's always a dynamic and digital conversation. We're constantly on video calls, but we're trying to always reduce those as every other company is. And we're also looking at how we can continue to innovate on the way that we keep employees up to date with all the interesting things that we're working on that may or may not be in their scope of work. And so we have localized a process called Family Dinner that helps us work and communicate with everyone about all the wonderful things that we're up to and gets them excited about things that they may or may not see on a daily basis, but are coming around the corner to be very effective in the way that they work with customers. Archie, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I mean, if anyone is successful in their application to join the company, what kind of culture and way of working are they going to find when they get there? So I like to say, as a person that has recently joined, it is truly a, a culture of inclusion. There is no bad idea. There is no silly question. Like everybody is truly here to work together to make this entire thing go. And so it truly, truly is that if you come in and let's say you have an idea about marketing, but you work on the ops team, we are a wide open team. And so you can easily come over and share that idea and end up working with marketing or end up working with tech. Um, It is a very fluid place in that way. And so I think 
just going back to the type of people that we're saying would be a great fit, it truly is a place of comfort when you come. I remember my first day and I was only nervous for about five minutes. And as soon as I got off the elevator, I was like, oh, wait, like these are my people. I feel very comfortable here to be my absolute self and then to grow in that way. So, yeah. Naja, that, that's great to hear. Listen, Michael, I've heard obviously what's happened over the past year or so. What about for the future? What's next for Octopus Energy in the US? Yeah, so look, we're still headquartered in Houston. We built a Kraken Tech headquarters here as well. Uh, and the reason why we've done that is that we believe Houston has the opportunity to be the energy transition capital of the world. It's currently the oil and gas capital of the world. But don't let that hide the fact that actually there's a lot of renewable energy companies already here. And it's growing quite a bit as we speak. And so we think that our participation in the local economy to help transform the Houston economy into from an oil and gas economy into an energy transition economy is one that we can play a central role for. And then outside of Texas, we are in the middle of getting licensed in about 13 different states. We have quite a few of them already complete. We just have a couple more left to go. And I think for the average American citizen, you know, there's only a handful of states. There's about a dozen states that have retail choice, but that actually impacts about 200 million of the 300 million people in the U.S. So quite a lot of the most populous states have that choice. And so within that, the industry is naturally one where people don't connect the dots between retail choice and decarbonization. And that's what Octopus Energy is really looking to do. We think that by decarbonizing the choice that people make when they choose their electricity, as well as supporting them naturally into an energy transition opportunity, meaning helping them get an EV, helping them get solar and storage, heat pumps, thermostats, all the fun stuff that really will help drive deep decarbonization at the household level. We think we can play a central role in that in these states that we move into over the next several months. And so it's a very exciting point for the U.S. opportunity and for the U.S. team as we do some really big things here in Texas, as well as get into these new states in these coming months. Well, listen, good luck with those plans. But for now, uh, Michael Lee, Nadja Kossi and Lily Steen, uh, thank you so much for joining the podcast. We'll be looking to feature the other teams around the world soon. So do remember to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you are ready for those future episodes to drop. That's it for this episode, though. But as always, if you've got any comments on anything we've discussed today, please do get in touch via the website at octopus.energy or for those of you listening or watching via the US, it's octopusenergy.com. Also, you can get in touch via the usual social channels as well. But for now, from me, Russell Goldsmith, thanks for listening and goodbye.